you may have noticed that I'm dressed in snow boots. You may be thinking to yourself, a little seasonally incorrect there, but you know, I am prophesying because there is a spiritual avalanche coming. And it's about to snow, and it's going to snow, and it's going to snow, and it's going to snow, and it's not going to stop. And so I'm here tonight just to prophesy that as Passover came and it broke in with a beautiful blood moon, that what is coming is now we've passed through this door, the Passover door, and we're passing into a season of the Lord's rest. And he's saying to the church right now, you cannot continue to do things the way that you used to do them. I will not allow my church to enter into their promises through your works, but I will only allow you to enter into my promises through my grace and through my I rest. And so tonight, I want to talk about rest because um, in America, we don't really know what that word means. You know, I mean, we are worker bees. We work, 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 work. They don't work like this in Europe, and they certainly don't work like this in Mexico. I used to live there. And, and they have this uh, great saying, they, they would get, uh, we have businesses down there, so, so they would come to work at 10, and then they would take uh, lunch at 2, and then they wouldn't come back till like 4 or 5, and then they would work until like 7, and that's what you call a good day. And we're just like, that's just wrong. <laughs> We're from America and we work in America. I mean, 40 hours is like minimum. So I just wanted to tell you a little bit about this because I didn't know what rest is because I grew up, I have a German father. So how many of you have German fathers in here? <clears throat> right? Can I get an amen? You know what I'm saying. There, you, you get up working, and you go to bed working, and you can play after, of course, you've worked. And if there's no work to be done, then I've got a wood pile out back, and you can move that wood pile from that side of the house to this side of the house. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we had, I had a very interesting childhood, and my dad, God bless him, he, I mean, he, I have an incredible work ethic, um, but I associated love with the woodpile. Kidding. I associated love with performance, you know? So if I performed and if I worked, 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 and if I worked and then it wasn't done to perfection, that I would have to go back and completely redo that work. So it was like, it was like work, great work ethic, and then they, they, he took that to a further degree of, you know, I'm going to get that T cross and that I dotted, and it's going to be 100% perfect, right? So when the Lord said, hey, I want you to enter into my rest, I'm thinking, okay, uh, let's see. I, don't, I only have two speeds. I have um, 150 miles an hour or I'm asleep. So... Uh, what does that look like exactly? Is it a beach in the Bahamas? Is God saying the only way you're going to enter in my rest is go on vacation? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't we all be like, yes? <laughs> yeah, but that's not really what he meant. Um, so does it mean that I'm not supposed to work and I'm supposed to lay around in a lazy boy and just kind of wait for the Lord to bring me the promises and, and feed me and... Well, first of all, you wouldn't find a lazy boy in my house. Let me just say that right now. Mm -mm. 
I got one in my garage. If John wants to sit in it, he's welcome to go out there. Right, ladies? Amen. Sorry, lazy boy. <clears throat> All right, so where's the truth? How do I rest? How do you rest? How do you enter into God's rest? If he's saying, this is not going to come through the work of your hands, and this is not going to come through your striving, then how do we enter into rest? What is that going to look like for us? So turning your Bibles to Hebrews 4. How many of you knew I was going there? Hmm? Whoop, whoop. Yeah, you did. Because you read your Bible. Don't you love Chuck? Yes. <laughs> Settle down, Sasha. <laughs> All right. Hebrews 1. Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear, lest any of you be, uh, any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the world did not, uh, I can't read. <laughs> let me start over. Okay, rewind. Verse 2, for indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. For we who have believed do enter that rest, as he said, so I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way, and God rested on the seventh day from all of his work. And again, in this place, they shall not enter my rest, since therefore it remains that some may enter it, and those whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. Again, he designated a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Go down to um, verse uh, 10. For he who has entered his rest has himself also ceased from his works as God did from his. Uh, verse uh, 11, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the, for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature Say, no creature. no creature. No creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give account. And he's saying, listen, his eyes are looking and his word is sharp as a two-edged sword. And he will discern whether you are in his rest or you are not in his rest. And so he's looking right now and he's saying, which one of you have chosen to enter into the place of my rest or are you still being disobedient and are you still in unbelief? And so I'm like, God, you know, I don't want to be either one of those things. I want to be right in the center of your will and I want to be doing what you're telling me to do. I just, you know, my cry these days, God, is, is save me from myself. God, save me from myself because I am a Martha. 
And I don't want to be a Martha. I want to be a Mary. But I just, you know, but my, my hands won't quit working. And because God has, has blessed us with so many gifts, so much knowledge, so much understanding that we go about and we try to figure things out in our flesh and we're so busy being presumptive of, of the activities of the Holy Spirit that we take matters in our own hands. And he's saying I, that you are entering in to, to, my, to the gates, through the gates in an illegal manner. You cannot get to the things that I have for you in this way, and it will not sustain us. And beloved, I'm telling you that the grace has left the realm of the activities of the flesh, and he is only going to bless, I believe, from, from, from Monday on, he is only going to anoint and bless the place of rest. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, so, are you all with me? Yeah. All right, so God worked on the first six days of creation. So, God worked. So how did he work? Did he have a shovel? Was he out there with a paintbrush? What was he doing? He worked with the word, right? And so, you know, it's really funny because he worked on the first six days, and you're thinking, whew, exhaustion. No, he's like, let there be light. All right, I'm done today. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm thinking I want that job. <laughs> See, that's the beauty of it. You actually can't have that job. <laughs> All right? Shaba. Here we go. We're getting good now. All right. So his words did all the work, right? So beautiful. All right, then on the seventh day, he rested, right? So Adam and Eve lived in the garden. They had entered, and they lived in the Father's rest. So there they are in the garden, and he said, now, I want you to work. Now, what did they do? Did they toil? No, because there wasn't any of that to be done. That was when the curse came, right? Old Cain over there with that tiller of the soil. So what did they do? How did they work? Well, the only information that we have is that old Adam was busy naming all of God's animals who he brought before him. So he's working. How is he working? Through the words. So God showed him how to do it. And then God sat back and said, okay, now I'm going to rest. Now you enter my rest, and then I'm going to co-labor with you, and you, your words, are actually going to create life. Amen. Yeah. So then comes that slithering, stinking serpent, the devil. Rude is right. Rude. It's like hurry. Everything was going okay. So, enter the knowledge of good and evil. Bum, ba, 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 drum roll. No, you don't give that drum roll. Now, what happens? Adam and Eve have the knowledge of good and evil. So, all of the sudden, other words begin to enter into the picture. And they're like, well, but God said, but wait a minute. Hmm. 
But the serpent said, wait, okay, I'm confused. Uh, which one do I believe? I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So now I'm confused. And I don't know which way to go. And because I don't know which way to go, it's created shame and confusion and death. Because now I can't see God anymore. I can't, I can't hear him because this other voice is talking to me. Do you see where I'm going? So enter unbelief and disobedience, or what I like to call the worker bee mentality. The worker bee mentality says this, I have to earn God's love. It says I have to work for the promises of God over my life. I have to basically work for life, right? Man, somebody's getting lit up in there. It's that tortilla soup, I'm telling you. That stuff's so good. It throws you into the joy of the Lord. and Yeah. All right. So a perfect example of this scenario is the first generation that comes after the curse and comes after the fall. Sandy, you put me in your phone? All right, beautiful. All right, number one. Abel, what did he do? He was a keeper of the sheep, right? <laughs> Focus. Let's all just, Holy Spirit, we love you. You just do whatever you want. You just have your way. We don't care. Snowing. It's just snowing. Feel the flurries? Yeah. Bless him. Keeper of the sheep. All right. The word keeper here, where it says that Adam uh, or Abel was keeper of the sheep, it actually means that he was ruler. He was the shepherd. So here he is, shepherd of the sheep. <clears throat> do you know how you shepherd sheep? Matt. <laughs> how do you shepherd sheep? My sheep hear my voice. Your words. Right. So Abel was actually functioning in the resting of the father. So he was resting in the father as he kept the sheep. As, he, as the sheep were hearing his voice, he was actually training. He was learning just as David did. 
You know, just as the disciples did with Jesus, I mean, just as, as the apostles did, they learned how to abide and they learned their father's voice and they heard their father, they knew their father's voice. And so this is who Abel was. And then you have Cain. <clears throat> now, Cain was a tiller, that word means slave. He was a tiller of the soil. So he was enslaved to, to earning and working for the Father's love. And so he was out, and, and I don't know about you, but, but tilling soil is hard. If, it, you know, today we have modern technology that does this for us, but actually tilling the soil is, is back-breaking work. And so there he was, and he was working, still in that place of working, and there's his brother sitting there watching the sheep. And so he's watching his brother not really work. Now when the day came when he was going to bring an offering to the Lord, he had done all of this work. And so he gathered all of this fruit, all these, all this uh, uh, produce for his father, you know, to bring an offering to God. And that came at a great price to him. What an incredible sacrifice. And there you've got Abel, and what does he do? He kills, kills one of the sheep, you know? And, 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 the, and the God says, Abel's sacrifice is accepted by me, Cain, but yours isn't. I mean, it was incredibly heartbreaking for him that he didn't understand. He didn't understand about entering into the rest of the Father, entering into the day of his rest, because God had already completed everything. But we're still that same way today. And, and, and so if you look at how the two of these and how they functioned, you can also see that there's a similar thing that happened with Jesus. Because Jesus came and began to talk to the Pharisee and Pharisees, and he began to to do things that were not according to the law, and they began to say, "Now wait a minute, <clears throat> we have been keeping the law, we have been working and keeping the law, and you." are not keeping the law. You are breaking the law. And, and two of the things that caused them to want to kill Jesus was number one, he did not keep the Sabbath. He did not keep the Sabbath. And they said, and, and the word says in, in John chapter 5 that they, they talked amongst themselves and they wanted to kill him because he did not keep the Sabbath. And the second reason is because he, he equated himself with God. So, so, so you have to understand how offensive this is because you have the law and you have grace. And those who have said, I am going to enter into his rest, I am going to enter in, this is only going to come by the grace of God, and I'm going to dwell in this place of rest, and I'm not going to move and get into all of the work mentality, and I'm not going to be active until I see my father moving and I hear what he is saying. But it will be so offensive to those who work, 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 work to earn the pleasure of the Father to try to bring these offerings before him. So Cain worked according to his own judgment, to his own presumption, and to what he determined was right and wrong. 
but Abel worked according to the word. Abel got the revelation of the blood that was pleasing to God and acceptable to him. Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 56. Or to your smartphones. Let's start in 56.6, halfway down. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring into my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. All right, now turn to Isaiah 58, 13. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath, from doing your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing your own ways nor finding your own pleasure nor speaking your own words then I will delight yourself then then you shall delight yourself in the Lord and I will cause you to ride on the high hills of the earth and I will feed you with the the heritage of Jacob your father and the mouth of the Lord has spoken hallelujah Come on. So he says three things here. Number one, if you don't go about doing your own ways, that means if you don't try to get to God through an illegal way, if you don't try to get to the promises that God has for you in an illegal manner, that you wait on the movement of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and you follow that way. And he said number two, nor finding your own pleasure. You don't find your pleasure in the things that are going to pass away, but you find your pleasure and you get filled up with my love. You get satisfied with my love. You get satisfied with, with my, my presence. You get satisfied with my word, and that becomes the thing that fills you up. And so you're not living, uh, you're living in the world, but you're not of the world. And then the third, you're not speaking your own words. So you're not manipulating the Holy Spirit. You're not getting into witchcraft. You're not determining your own future, but yet you're, 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 you're resting in God and you're saying, God, I have to have your way for my life and I'm not going to move no matter what it looks like. And I tell you, beloved, we are so competitive and we have been brought up in school to be so competitive from the time that we were in kindergarten to be competitive amongst our peers that will look at what other people are doing and will say, well, we've got to keep up we've got to do better we've got to do more but what has the Lord said what has he said and don't move off of that place yeah I'm preaching to some people in here because Jesus said this now listen I am Lord of the Sabbath <laughs> Hebrews 12 said that Jesus is the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of the sprinkling that speaks of better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more we shall not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. I 
I'm telling you guys that God is looking for a resting place. He's looking for a resting place. He's looking for those who have said, my, my house is your habitation. My house is your resting place. Your job description is to create a pillow within yourself through your words. That you are like, God, I am the resting place of your presence. I'm just going to enjoy you. And I'm not going to look to the right or the left. And I'm not going to get swept away by the culture of America or the, 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 the history of my family. But I am going to be a Mary and I am going to sit at your feet waiting for the words of life. And then I hear that and then I'll move. Jared, come on up. Or cat. Cat. Jared, cat. All of you. Sandin. Sandin, I loved that song. It just blessed me so much. You know, I hear I hear Jesus when you sing. It just comes through like I mean, it just has your heart in it. And I, I just really thank you for that. I thank God for you. So I know he's going to be doing some great things in the days to come. Woo-woo! We get to eat from your table. So Mike Bickle said this, and I think it's a great way to live our lives. You know, we each have a whole history in God, and we have dreams. We have words. And I keep those words. Guys, I'm telling you, I keep those words, and I read those words every week. I keep those words over myself, and I do not let the word of God depart from my heart. And Mike Bickle said this, he said, I am called to steward what God is doing. You see, God is coming, he wants to build his house in you. He doesn't want you to go out and do a bunch of ministry. He doesn't want you to go out and do a bunch of activity. He wants you to abide in Him, and then He's going to start moving, and He wants you to steward what He's doing. That is the easy yoke. That is the light place. And I will guarantee you, you're not going to miss God. But He'll tell you in a dream. Or he'll show you in a vision. He'll speak to you through other people. And he is a good leader. His words are words of life.